welcome to episode 19 of the 6X <laughs> Dumpster Podcast. Da -da -da. Today, we got a special <laughs> guest, Joe Rogan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just kick him out now. The thing about being an alpha male is <laughs> you gotta eat so much meat that you fucking fight people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you want your hands to be the consistency of pork chop <laughs> <laughs> plus aren't those episodes like two and three hours long they're like longer than that dude they're, oh, really? they're really long yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll catch the highlights when it's like a guest that i give a fuck about yeah but for the most part i'm just like there's no way i want to listen to this guy babble for four hours <laughs> the only one i liked uh, was the paul stamets one the mushroom guy like mycologist mm. i know that was super interesting because of his content but every other one i've been like yeah yeah, I uh, can't pay attention. There was, there was, what the hell? I can't. Elon Musk. Yeah, oh, I, I yeah, like that yeah. one, and I like the one with uh, the most recent one with Maynard from Tool. Oh, I didn't see that. And he was just talking about like disconnecting from fucking society and living in the desert in Arizona and growing wine. And that's the only thing that keeps him sane. It was pretty. It was interesting. I liked yeah, it. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, I might check that out. Sure, they talked about jujitsu a lot. They did yeah. talk about fighting. I didn't know that he was uh, he trains in that stuff. Apparently, yeah. he has for like thirty years. Oh. It's like at some point he had a replaced hip, so now he has to be like extra careful when he does it. But like he yeah. has a fucking bionic hip. Damn. Yeah. So I said, it's like it sounds painful. Because yeah, there are videos of him taking down like fans on stage yeah. to try to get up. And yeah. Like, boop. Expertly <laughs> gets rid of them. Just puts them on their face. So, Greg has a list. Uh, it's not really a list. Just a few points of shit that I. There's a lot forget. of words on that screen. <clears throat> I, I tend to babble to myself a lot. Most of this is off-topic shit. <laughs> um, but if if you'll allow me. By all means, I can yeah. venture off topic for a moment. <laughs> yes, I wanted to bring up uh, the Chernobyl soundtrack. Ah. Oh yes, um, which was an amazing series. Uh, did both of you watch it? Yet? I've not seen uh, it. Okay, I don't want to spoil anything. Full recommend? No. Two thumbs up. Okay, I loved it from start to finish. It's hard to say that like you love something like that when mm -hmm. it's so fucking dreary and based off of reality, but it was incredibly well done from from every point you know what i mean and the reason why i was going to bring it up here was the sound um yeah because i i didn't watch it but you explained the soundtrack and how it was made uh so i went and looked that up just on its own uh and it's incredible yeah, yeah. it's uh it's by a, a woman named i'm probably gonna say this wrong of course but hildor guden gudnaditor apparently she used to collaborate with johan Johansson a lot yeah. like they were they worked on the same scores together she was basically his celloist um, and she's also done stuff with Throbbing Gristle Moom like mm. her resume was impressive I've never heard of her up until this show and it made me want to like look into her and then like I'm going through like her Wikipedia page and all this I'm like holy shit like <laughs> all the scores that were like my favorite by Johan she had a hand in like Sicario mm -hmm. She rolled with the sequel on her own and uh, a few other stuff. She's going to be doing the new Joker movie uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So, in interesting resume of yeah. like dreary stuff. And uh, she was talking about how for this, 
she, this show, she wanted to go to a power plant. So she actually got permission to go to the location where they were going to film, which was an abandoned nuclear plant, ahead of time, and just get into the vibe of it. And she said she was trying to locate the character of this plant. And so she was doing, like, field recordings and, like, recording acoustics. Like, she'd play cello there and record that, or she'd do field recordings of the sound of, like... One thing she described was a... Uh, uh, a door they just recorded this door for hours and like going through the recordings like every once in a while should hear like a, a melody come out of it it would just be like from the stuff like through the other side and things huh. like that just like resonating through the door and that was one of the things that she used to drive like a lot of the songs in the soundtrack was like the wow. snippets that she pulled from this door that's awesome <laughs> yeah it was just like industrial mentality you know what i mean like I was, I was like i like that a lot and uh, she just like seems super animated and excited to talk about sound, you know. Like the the score was just super. I don't want to say mel melodic or even just atmospheric, but just like it was like a cloud of doom that like mm -hmm. never went away from throughout the entire series. You know what I mean? So in your research, did you find out um, was this like a heavily processed recording of her playing cello, or was that mostly natural? I, I think a lot of it is processed, like because she was talking about. Um, her uh, associate, I guess, who, who does a lot of the recording and processing for her. I guess it was like heavily processed and so were the, the field recordings, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To the point where a lot of it, you can't even tell if it's a cello or a sound of a goddamn pump room door, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like these strange industrial abstract sounds and just it really helped convey the, the like dread, yeah. you know, throughout the entire series. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch that, but I've been kind of on the fence. Um, but I love like, the topic of radiation and radioactivity and sure. of accidents yeah. like that is something I really dig. So it's on the playlist for sure. Like I've, I've seen every documentary that I could find on Chernobyl um, after Fukushima hit because mm -hmm. it like really piqued yeah. my interest in this shit. And yeah. Especially after I learned that Fukushima was essentially the, the same type of situation. It, it was really bizarre because I noticed after watching and even reading things that there was a lot of inconsistencies. And not a single documentary all had, like, the same information. It was, like, a piece here, a piece there, and you kind of had to, like, put it all together. And then, like, this series, though, did a great job of, like, collecting all of that and making, like, one cohesive thing. So I was kind of impressed by that. But I liked it. Nice. Great sound. What's on your list there, Craig? My list? Ugh. You hate you don't like your list. <laughs> I, I don't. What what don't you like about it? It's your list. You could have changed it. Yeah, bad list. It's been a, it's just been a shit summer so far. I haven't had a chance to really dive into a lot of the stuff that I've gotten recently. I've been digging the new Bug Brand uh, DRM two, which I picked oh, up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Bug Brand DRM two. I've been trying to get one of those since they came out like last summer or like late fall hmm. um you know with bug brand he kind of does them one off and he won't announce or generally email people and he'll just like put it in the store just to be fair to everybody so you got to kind of like check it or write a script to check the site do something like that which i didn't do i just checked it one day and uh saw it, one was up there i was like holy shit one's up there i saw it's like pretty damn pricey i couldn't just buy it outright really mm -hmm. so um took my drm1x like flipped it on muffs in like 20 minutes to uh 
the guy who puts on movement, the Paxahow guy, like oh. he's the guy who bought it of all That's people. Cool. Just thought that yeah. was interesting, but uh, managed to make the purchase, and the next week had the DRM two. Um, main difference with the DRM two between the DRM one. Wait, the, wait, oh. can I interrupt? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to interrupt on behalf of the listeners. Yeah, can you explain both oh, yeah. of those? That's a good thing. Um, so the bug brand DRM uh, stands for drum synth, basically. So mm. its intention is to be an analog. Uh, drum synth and he claims it's one of the most full featured analog drum synths ever and i would kind of agree with that to an extent um, it's got a lot of cv io it's got some onboard modules called like a bend envelope kind of like uh, imagine a 909 style turn the pitch up and it gets a little thwackier kind of like exponential curve you can add to things but it's got a all banana jack patch points on it too so it's like a desktop module like bug brand makes he makes modules but also like these desktop things mm-hmm. that are still basically a module the main difference is that this one is truly subtractive so the drm1 i originally had um with an expander it was actually a drum synth plus a filter that was also uh, self-oscillating that would make like noise sounds and shit like that and this one is different it's actually um oscillator into the filter so it's more of a true synthesizer with only decay envelopes though um so it's kind of limiting in that you don't get attack and it's mm-hmm. really like snappy like really great it drum has to sounds. be snappy yeah. yeah but the cool thing is you could override all that um amplifier and filter with external envelopes so i've been running two zadar envelopes into it and it's like oh, oh man yeah. i've been down the rabbit hole like i set up <laughs> this uh I kind of sold a bunch of Euro stuff um, and set up a really small lunchbox with just modulators all going into the DRM um, and all taking MIDI from my MIDI box sequencer. And it's been like, holy shit, man. I don't know. That guy is like Tom Bugs, a magic filter creator. It's the coolest filter I've ever heard. It sounds like true electricity, kind of um, very different than what I'm used to hearing from my Euro system. So. I don't know. I've been digging it. I've been using it more as like a bass and lead synth than drums. Mm-hmm. Even I made a whole rack of uh, samples from it that I've been using. But man, I'm super satisfied with that. I like the sound a lot more than the original one. It was funny because I think he almost got upset at me for selling the original one. He's like, "But that's so rare. They're so hard to get." I, like, <laughs> I work I so hard. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care, dude. <laughs> I sold it for pretty much what I paid for it, actually, um, and that's why it went so quickly. But. People had similar words whenever I sold the Weevil. Yeah. <laughs> Including him. Yeah, he was kind of like, eh. I was just like, it's not that I don't like it, but it's like, I'm expanding my modular. I, I don't know. I don't really need the Weevil one. Also, the DRM2 was like $820 all said and done from like yeah. the pound to dollar conversion and the shipping, which is like 60 bucks from the UK generally. So it's like, I can't just like, something's got to give here. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily flipped that and it was only like an extra hundred bucks on top. And it's oh, super, super happy with it. Mm. It's been a very inspiring instrument. I'm digging it, especially with some external envelopes. And I love that he added that. So it's like a full synth. Like the only thing that's missing is like, pulse width and like a sine wave it's like um sawtooth to square mm-hmm. and you can um kind of change there's a knob to kind of change through that shape whereas the other one had just like square out uh saw out um whatever that you could patch mm-hmm. so there are less patch points in some sense but more flexibility but the cv over the filter is just like i just it's one of those things where i sit there and like kind of scream when i use it where it's like <laughs> ah fuck like yeah. you know i haven't like had that in a minute so how, how do you get the CV in there? Because it, it's uh, like yeah. all banana, right? It's all banana. So I got this little converter box, which is um, eighth inch and quarter inch to banana jacks that I got from like Perfect Circuit or something okay. years ago. Um, so there's a ground jack in the back that's banana that you connect to the ground on the converter box. And then it's just perfect. It works great. 
So I've got this little station where it's those modulators, the bug brand, and then the Minilog XD is above it. Um, and two CV outs are going in there. So mm. it's like this little kind of small matrix of CV going across these three instruments, basically. And it's like, it's kicking ass right now. I was going to ask, uh, is that a candidate for a live setup? Good question. Um, I don't know. It could be because it's so simple and mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you can be like, all right, yeah, I know what I'm going to get from this. It's right. not very confusing or deep. So it could be for sure. And this, it's actually super tempting and I, I'm not going to do it, but there's um, his, the modular, Bugrand modular single frame is up there right now. And those are equally rare as the DRM and like, but it's like 1600 bucks. Oh, but it's, yeah. it's a full featured dual of everything in three oscillator system. It's actually pretty good for sixteen hundred bucks mm -hmm. and the sound quality, but right. I think the DRM two is kind of enough for my purposes. And I'm super glad I took the leap because that day I was like, "Are oh, you just being ridiculous?" But especially over like TR8S, which I think I might flip that again. And like shit that's kind of boring, you can spice yeah. it up with the EQ pretty well. I was actually thinking about rebuying it again. <laughs> you know what's going for a high price right now? So I was like having a moment, and I was like, oh, "I want the little baby nine oh nine, the TR09." Those are like 700 bucks new now because they're discontinued. And even the used ones are like How are they discontinued bucks. already? Like they just came <laughs> out. Like the 808's ago. not, but the 909 one is. Why? I don't know. What the fuck? But it's like driving the price up like fucking mad. I remember that being unveiled at KnobCon. Yeah. Just like, like what, two years ago? ago? Three, three years ago? Yeah. Maybe three. How the fuck do you discontinue, discontinue <laughs> something that was obviously widely successful? They did that with all the first um, boutique shit. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. But the 808 still you can buy because I was going to go to pianos and stuff. I would go there at lunch sometimes just because I'm like, they're just going to go fuck with some stuff. I know all the stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they had the 808 there and they had the TR09 sign for like list price. I'm like, oh, you got it. They're like, oh, it's discontinued now. Like, all right. You got to sign up, but cool, cool, cool. And I uh, went checking on eBay, eBay and Reverb and it was just like 600 bucks, 700 bucks for a new one. Holy shit. Like, That's wow. like close to what a 909 used to cost. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do so you want to get into the uh, convention of knobs? I mean, yeah, we paid we paid the entry fee. We're going to we get into it. So, fee. you remember, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but remember we showed up and they didn't have my registration info. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, like, after having three very patient and nice old ladies digging through all these stacks of paperwork, determined that, oh, I simply forgot to register. Yeah. Um, don't know how or why i almost did the same thing this year <laughs> <laughs> i registered today because nice. i realized oh i forgot because the day that you said hey you know hotels booked uh -huh. register you know get it cheap i was like yeah i'll do that and i was like oh but first i need to make sure i can take off that friday so i put in the t pto request and it got approved like that day but i totally forgot like i thought yeah i already registered and i didn't <laughs> so I, I double checked today i was like you know what I, I'm going to look at my email and look for the receipt. And sure enough, there's no fucking receipt. I was like, I didn't register, so I did it real quick. So I'm good to go now. That would have been amazing if you went and did the same thing. I would have felt like those, such a fucking jackass. Dude. And those poor women are like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah. It's, this, it's this moron again trying to get in for free. All right, Greg. Telling first, us that, he, that they forgot the registration. We know you're a 10 Goo wiggler, but you can't get in for free. <laughs> but should be all good now. We'll, we'll see. So I like that the guest is Chowning, the inventor of FM, um, and I like that we don't have to go to the banquet at all to see him give a talk about <clears throat> FM synthesis, so like advanced techniques, which I think will be like super interesting. Yeah, same, yeah. It will be interesting to see this year, because in my 
some ways, I think Eurorack has peaked. We talked about this last year. I wonder mm-hmm. if it will. Is shit collapsing now? I know it's been much harder to sell stuff. I don't know if that's a good indicator. Yeah. There's still just volumes of new stuff coming out. But mm-hmm. is it like it used to be? Like, I don't know. I'll be kind Oversaturation. of Oversaturation. Oh, very oversaturated. Whenever we talked about this in the past, too, of like the idea of a lot of the simple stuff, there's a thousand variations of. Yeah. Right. I still think there's a lot of room for novelty, and I think there are still novel stuff coming out. I just think the, the sort of entry point, if you want to make a mark... Is higher. Mm-hmm. I'll make a risky statement. I think um, I don't even know. I was thinking about this before the show. I don't know if your rack is a good platform for analog audio synthesis. I think it is an excellent platform for digital audio synthesis and everything around that. And I think that's I, what it's kind of converging on. Dude, I yeah, I, I kind of came to that own conclusion for myself a few years back. Mm-hmm. Like when I was building shit, I. I think you guys probably noticed I sold pretty much everything except for a few fil- uh, filters that were analog. Yeah, yeah I yeah. wanted to keep everything in there digital because I realized like that was kind of the strong point of modular. Like you can get cheap, you know, analog desktop synths and things like that. You know, they're a dime a dozen at this point. But like when it comes yeah. to modular, yeah. it's expensive and it offers some really unique shit in the world of digital stuff. So that's kind of where I've been keeping my rig. Between like the Roland stuff and the Korg stuff and the Artoria stuff, mm-hmm. like you you can get all your analog needs covered, and you don't need to pay the exorbitant prices of Eurorack. Yeah, yeah, you know it's at least that's what I've come to notice. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah. people are still cranking out stuff like, oh, this is an analog Coros. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. paying four hundred dollars for another like you know basic one oscillator module just because it's analog i don't don't give a shit right but how many complex analog oscillators can you actually make at the end of the day like there's only so much i mean maybe people come up with shit but i mean my list of things that i want to check out at knobcon though is that mind phaser a lot of the stuff i want to check out is from uh industrial music electronics Mm -hmm. he's got a whole slew of stuff that hopefully will be at knobcon um all digital yeah you know he's got the he's he's hinting at the granular thing that he's been working on for saw that. quite a while yeah. the new um what's the name of the filter not kermit um kermit's the uh, bionic cluster thank you yes. yeah bionic cluster he's got the new version of that it's a dual digital filter and the demo so far sound pretty cool i mm-hmm. want to but i want to get some like hands-on time with it um the andor junior is that the single andor yeah because he's had a prototype of that for a while and like you'll see it like in like whenever he does talks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. i love the double andor or Andre, I guess is how he calls it. Like whenever he's talking about it, he calls it Andre. Does he? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the technical, but I would still really? call it the Andor. Yeah. I call it the Andor too. Yeah. Okay. I just visualize Final Fight yeah. every time I read uh-huh. it. But <laughs> the idea of having it like the, the single version of that and fixing the bugs mm-hmm. and all the problems in that first one. I got rid of my double Andor. I can see getting a single one in a heartbeat. Yeah. I kind of miss it. I mean, the, the Zadar... Replaced it with the crazy digital uh, envelope shapes. I still miss just that grit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I still want to get more hands-on time with the uh, the new Hearthstone up, mm-hmm. the Mark III, and maybe the Piston Hotnum. Did you get? You had the Piston for a little. I right? had the Mark IIs. Yeah. Oh, the Mark II. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I, I, it's like almost all digital. You know, mm-hmm. at least on my list. That wasn't intentional, really. It's just stuff that caught my attention. I will say, I think it's a good platform. <clears throat> analog video synthesis because that is not there's no equivalent you can't get like 
analog video shit. So I think it's cool that that market's been able to expand like through the Euro rack, like just structure. Yeah. And being able to take advantage of all of the stuff you already have in your rack for audio things, not having to rebuy that or buy something yeah. that is duplicating that functionality. On a similar note to that, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I did not see LZX on the list. Yeah, I saw that. Like, I really want to check out, they just released the, the Fortress module. Yeah, I want to see that too. I want to see that in action. I was hoping for another uh, panel also, you know, like oh, yeah, hearing, just talking. hearing him talk about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah. That was so interesting. That was the best thing. That ever. was our highlight, yeah, yeah, last year. But that was like the beginner's course. I was hoping we'd have had like a, a more advanced panel this year or something. But yeah, I didn't see their name anywhere. So might That's not be there. Yeah. yeah. I would say through the beginner's course again, because I have a little more context now, whereas mm -hmm. I've forgotten a lot of it, but I, now I'm like, actually like, maybe I'll get a video, like kind of want to dip my toes in a little further. Now I understand we, we were talking about the scare, staircase like a week ago. And now I'm like, no, no, I painfully know like why I want that now. Yeah. When I first started getting into it, it kept coming up as like, like if you already got your rack system, this is the thing you want to get uh -huh. like this individual cortex. And I read it and I'm just like, I don't know why I need this. But then fucking around with it for, you know, like a year or so now, like it makes perfect sense to me. It's in every video patch I do. Yeah. Like it's just like, it's super intuitive. And it's, I mean, I, I know we're going to talk about structure at some point, oh, but yeah. that in of itself is also just fucking mind blowing. And then I was also taking the two outputs, putting them into the A and B and the Fluxus Duo. Oh yeah. That post, you that looked delicious. Yeah, the way it was just kind of like Very vibrating. I'm so jealous. You know, there was a time when you were the only person who had your rack video shit. Yeah. We all had to come over here. <laughs> That's sit, true. And we sit there, oh man, that looks awesome. And you're like, oh, it's just the video shit. Like, you weren't even <laughs> watching it anymore. And with the Eurorack audio back in the days of the Frequensteiner and all yeah. that other shit, which seems like a lifetime ago now. I wouldn't mind having a Frequensteiner again, honestly. Yeah. It's a good filter. Started it all <laughs> for me at least. Yeah, started like the a, addiction. And a terrarium? Uh, it was the AFG. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, AFG. Yeah, I bought them both at the same time. I had a little Dofer, you know, e economic yeah. case thing mm -hmm. that I got. Um, the bare bones, and I got a uh, the frequenciner and the AFG together. Like I didn't even have like a VCA or anything yet. <laughs> I, just, I didn't even care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, was, I was just patching that to the filter, and I was like, this is. Some god tier sounding stuff. <laughs> yeah, because remember that the first Intelligel module was actually the expander for the Vulcan modulator. Yeah, that was mm -hmm. the first shit that Intelligel ever did mm -hmm. before. I had that shit on pre-order too. Yeah, I was very stoked for that one. Crazy to think about how far Intelligel has come from that, dude. Yeah, yeah. Those pallet cases look pretty dope. They're tiny, but mm -hmm. you know, it's a nice little setup. Still don't have lids though. They don't. That's a big. Like, I, I read that today. I was like, oh, maybe I'll, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. No, they don't have fucking lids. Fuck that. How do they not think about it? They could sell people another thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. put a lid. Yeah. Uh, maybe. It's, maybe they're trying to upsell you to the big one that has a lid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, if portability is your thing. <laughs> It'd be nice to see them at Knobcon. Yeah. 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 Big ass rig of IntelliGel stuff. There wasn't a whole lot of modular manufacturers on the list to be honest there's a lot of the same like other people you know yamaha electron hmm. all that shit and i'm like okay that's cool oh and uh real fake knobs what? yeah i know we're all excited for that again right oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah how could you forget that that, oh, was, the, that was the number one thing yeah no that's ridiculous <clears throat> 
What a waste of yeah. fucking space. So <laughs> there seems to be some gimmicky stuff like that on there, like like utility stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but that's not something I need to see at a convention. Yeah, yeah. to get a feel for it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know what the fuck a fake knob is. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see more more of the uh, big name modular people mm-hmm. on there, but there just doesn't seem to be on. I saw that uh, I might be saying it wrong, but Neo, Nio. I don't know how you say that. Me either. I would guess mm. Neo. But they're on the list again. They were last year, but they, they no showed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which was a bummer because I wanted to check out the uh, yeah. the uh, analog core four. I want to hear that too. If it's there, I'm, I'll be uh, spending some time with it for sure. I hear Behringer is going to be there. Yeah. After talking about the little TR nine hundred nine, it does beg the question of when they're going to do the Behringer nine hundred nine. It's supposed Behringer, to be soon. It's supposed to be. Yeah. The eight hundred eight's actually shipping now. It shipped out on eight hundred eight day, on August eighth. Yeah. It, it's on. It's in route hmm. to retailers. Um, did did either of you pre-order one? Either of you? I want to play with one yeah. at NovCon before I spend any money on it. But I was a little disappointed because the price. Was rumored up until this point to be two ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Now they're saying three forty nine. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, yeah. but it takes over that three hundred dollar mark, which mm-hmm. was making it stand out more in my mind because that's undercutting all the competition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't even think you can get like a uh, a drum brute impact for under three hundred. Can you? Yeah, I don't think so. No. I mean, my my main thing is I, I just eight hundred eight is not something I lost after. Like to me, like. You start with a 909, and then you put it through d- distortion. So, like... I'm under the same boat. Like, 909, it's my own personal favorite. Mm-hmm. But I do like the mix and match, you yeah, know, yeah. sounds here and there. Like, whenever I had the TR-8 or the TR-8S, yeah. it was usually... I usually had, like, a mix there of 909 808 shit. You know what I mean? Um, but for under 300 bucks, with what you're getting... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would pick one up just for the fuck of it, you know, if yeah. nothing else. Like... It, it's got some good features. I jotted down 64-step sequencer mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. off the bat. You got individual output for each drum voice. You got internal effects. You have fucking parameter locking. I didn't know that. Yeah. So how does that work? Is, is there a screen for it? Or like, how do you know something is There's locked? a little, like, a, I think it's a two-line LCD oh, okay. under the main shit. Right above the step sequencer. At least I'm assuming it's parameter locking. I saw on there that you can record... Like the the filter or some shit. Mm-hmm. It says parameter chaining, which I'm guessing is parameter locking. They probably just can't say parameter locking because like you're chaining the movement. Also filter. They obviously yeah. have a filter. High pass it. and low pass. Yeah. Hmm. Variable mode. That's a lot of shit. Right. Yeah. It, it's kind of hard to scoff at, you know? I love my 808, but it's all about processing the individual outs with yeah. effects. For yeah. Sure. I think that's a great... It, it helps you integrate if you already have a modular, you know, like if you have 350 bucks to burn, are you going to buy one fucking drum module <laughs> yeah. that is a uh, 808 emulation <laughs> with no CV ability? Or yeah. are you going to buy a whole fucking machine at this point yeah. with, you know, all those features? Cost has one of been, been the big reason why I've not gone down the path of making a modular drum machine uh yeah it's not don't feasible. go down yeah I, it's so fucking take expensive. it for someone who's <laughs> fucking <laughs> tried dude multiple times many different iterations yeah i, I would much rather get something especially with the individual wilds because the little yeah. boutique ones didn't did it no they have a single eighth inch stereo yeah out, which is one of the main downsides of this yeah. yes 
it, it's it's turned me, dude. It's you know what I mean. I mean, last year when we were there, Behringer was there. I didn't even stop to look at the booth. Right. You know, well, like remember they were late. I, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like, they were yeah. they were jamming on our way out the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was just like, I stuck my nose up at it. I said, "Fuck Behringer." I didn't care, but here we are a year later, and they've kind of they've uh, they've kind of wooed me a little bit. I it somehow slipped under our radar, but I was looking at it recently. Maybe you guys noticed it, but we just never talked about it before. But it was, this was news to me. MFB just released the uh, Tanzbar Mark II, yeah, yeah. which looks uh. almost like a mock of the TR-8S. Oh, no shit. Yeah, like even every drum voice has a slider. It looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is like nowhere in the United States really yeah. has them yet. Like most MFB shit, it's kind of hard to get. I'm really hoping to see one at Knobcon, but I'm, I, I, I doubt I will. Um, but yeah, it looks looks awesome. Yeah, and it's a combination of, I think it's eight analog voices and eight digital voices. Yeah, a little synth voice too. It looks like yeah, and and it's got a bass line in it. I'm like, this is pretty nice. <laughs> like yeah, and it, it's not it's the not cheapest s- in the world, but but for what you're getting, I remember being like, that's a reasonable price. Yeah, the, all MFB stuff I thought was always reasonably priced. Yeah, it, it is because it's built like garbage it's like hot glued pcbs and shit like speaking of drum machines though oh yeah i'm i'm on the list Uh oh the take take a guess the tsa no fly list no (laughs) no you're a pulsar yeah oh shit i got my name in the hat i don't know what position uh, doesn't matter i'm in but i'm i'm in the line i'm excited for that one i was interested in it you know from the start but the most recent demos i've seen sold me and then I have the, the the pipe now, and I'm like, you know what? I like Vlad. I they, like they I do like, good work. He he yeah. does good work. I like the aesthetic. I would gladly accompany my pipe with a Pulsar 23, for sure. It looks good. Looks compact. It's only four voice, but you can do a lot with it due to all the modulation and all the you know shit that you can do with it. And I don't plan it on using it like. A, a groove box you know i know it's not going to cover yeah, yeah. all of my drum duties yeah, but yeah. it'll definitely be i think a very fun uh unique percussive element you know now are the four voices different on there i don't know too much about it are they like similar versions of the same thing or you know what i mean i don't know that's a good question because <laughs> like the layout looks like they're all the same so mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you just have to like you know, configure it to sound differently, or else if it's broken into, I guess, some sort of theme like bass, snare, yeah, like hat a Ramona ones, shit. like the DRM, you know, mm-hmm. those are like kick, snare, hat, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ramona looks good, by the way, too. I've been looking into mm-hmm. that, the, the Mark III recently. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I didn't know that there was a version that came with trigger <laughs> inputs. I thought it was all MIDI. I didn't realize that like there's two different versions. I didn't know that. Me either. And I saw the trigger input one. I was like, oh, that would be fun. <laughs> I was like, shit. And I was listening to demos of it, and people were like controlling it with like the Erica drum sequencer. I was like, I got one of those. That looks fun. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm holding not. I don't want to really buy any drum machines until I get the Pulsar. Because there's no definitive date and when that's going to be out, but he said soon. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm prepared at a moment's notice to uh, jump on it. So we're, the only thing you're missing then is the uh, the Soma synth. Which I've looked at. Yeah. It's cool, but I have a modular. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I can make creepy drony you know, stuff with that 
fine already. And I, I'm kind of using the pipe for that currently now. So. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You still haven't gotten a demo of the pipe yet. Yeah, you're not let's going talk to. talk about that pipe. Yeah. I'll talk about it. But I'll be damned if uh, you're not gonna I let you watch me. Kenny G this shit? Yeah. No. Not going to happen. Vlad's a mad scientist, dude. Like, I've been... I've read pretty much every interview that I've seen he, him do recently, and yeah, he's just—he has really interesting shit to say. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He seems really passionate about what he's doing. He doesn't care if it's normal or not. You know what I mean? I was reading that one interview. He was talking about like how he built a sampler from scratch back in the '80s, and he was all excited about it, only to uh, find out that a sampler already exists. <laughs> he, he, he like had no idea that this yeah. was a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but he created his own version from scratch because it was something that he was like, you know, it'd be nifty if I could record and program my own fucking sound. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's he's on another level for sure. But yeah, the the, the pipe, dude. Dude, like, how are you not playing this for us? Yeah. Like, uh, like I get it. I'll record like, some chunks. We dude, can insert, come on. But, you know, if the shoe was you, if you knew the shoe was on the other foot, you would definitely be like, dude, you gotta play the pipe. Oh yeah, yeah. I would. But I know you wouldn't do it. <laughs> You know like, damn well. <laughs> <I wouldn't do> <laughs> but that's like, but like you. okay. Can you at least explain what's going on? Because there's a bunch of these uh, these knobs, mm-hmm. um, and then there's like a cryptic sort of circle. It's very cryptic. It's all explained on the side, sort of in a less cryptic way. Yeah. It's like a. Oh. So, the main knob here is the algorithm knob. There's twelve different algorithms. Okay, and then depending on which algorithm you in changes the functionality of these two contacts up here hmm. and each knob. well except for this one this is just volume but yeah each of these will do different like effects mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's got all kinds of different algorithms there's only two main ones that i've been really using it's the uh distorted delay and the freezer Freezer. Um, yeah it's like freeze verb basically yeah okay. it's, it's kind of cool and like there's one that's a radioactive sign how are you not I using forget that what one the hell that one means yeah they're all kind of weird I haven't even really been looking at the graphics. I've just been like mm-hmm. playing it by ear, messing with different stuff. But yeah, the two main ones are what I've been liking the most because it's kind of what I had in mind for this was like to make you know textures and yeah, drones yeah. and such. Does it light up on the front? Like yeah. there's oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah, whole it's... it'll glow white. So these these up here, do you have to touch this bar too? In the bottom bar is just for support. Oh, so that's not part of like a body contact no, combo. These, these two buttons are contact. The one is like a choke. Mm-hmm. So you can do like interesting rhythmic stuff yeah. like that. And then the other one changes per algorithm. Like on the distorted delay mode, this will activate the distortion mm-hmm. like delay. Ooh, I just I just noticed. Is this uh is this right handed? Yes. Or no. Well, yeah. Because you mm-hmm. hold it with your left and then you adjust the knobs with your right, so yeah. Big big minuses from the two of us. Fail. Can you get well, it left-handed? I don't think so. Maybe you can flip the panels, though. Like, yeah, we don't exist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why would you make it for left-handed people? They're wrong-handed. You might be able to flip the panel. I don't. I don't know. But it's not the most ergonomic thing, even for a right-hander. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I, I was talking to Nick about that mm. earlier. Like, it's it's heavy, and it's like not it's a little heavier very, than I thought it was going to be. It, it's heavy and it's awkward and it's wide. And um, people online were complaining that uh, their hands aren't big enough to comfortably hold it for long periods. Oh. And I read that before I owned one. And I was like, it's eh, kind of like a lame complaint until I got one. I'm like, well, I don't really have small hands, but it's definitely awkward yeah. for me, too. <laughs> like, you don't want to be holding it for really more than 20 minutes. It's like, 
get hand cramps and shit. Yeah. And you have to but, hold it. It's not like something you could just put on a desk and use. Well, mm. there's a, a, a hole there where you can, I guess, screw it onto a mic stand of some oh, sort. Okay. Yeah. But that would still be kind of awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, it's not something I would... I foresee myself, like, maybe using live or for any extended t- period of time. If I did do it live, I would probably just use it in short bursts into, like, a looper. I'm not going to be standing there holding it like a like a Blade Runner saxophone or something. <laughs> it comes with... Well, it doesn't come with three, but I got all three that is available for it. Are they different in some way? Oh. Yeah. What are they? What's the deal there? So this one is the default. It's supposed to be pretty versatile, very sensitive to, like, velocity and... Uh, frequency, mm-hmm. but they also offered a low frequency one, which is supposed to be mainly to pick up like more bass tones and vibration. So mm-hmm. like you, and then there's the high pitch one, which I'm not really sure what you'd be doing with that because I mean a voice can only get so high. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the point of that is to pick up really because I think the default is going to cover the standard vocal range pretty right, well. Right, You know what I mean. Whereas yeah. I can see you using like the low frequency one if you want to do weird shit like not exactly put it to your mouth but pick up other vibrations mm-hmm. or like, like kick drum or something yeah you know, know all kinds of weird shit i guess but i got them both just because they're available for it i wonder if it's like someone who plays a reed instrument maybe you can do cool stuff with it i don't know see i used to play a reed instrument that's oh. that's why i kind of like this like it was kind of familiar territory to me like i used to play sax for a couple years and it was kind of reminiscent of that, but there is, there's no read, and you're really not doing anything with air. It's pretty much vibration. Um, it's it's just a contact mic in there. Mm-hmm. So even though it's got a hole in it and stuff, and it looks like a saxophone, you're not blowing anything into it. It's not really about air control. Right, right. Um, so like, if I picked this up and I blew into it, what would happen? It would probably just sound like someone breathing into a microphone. Okay. Because that would be my first impulse. Cause yeah. It, yeah. Like everything about its form factor screams blow right. into this thing. That's the thing. Yeah, it's nothing like that. You, it's, But I feel like Vlad nailed it here, especially with the microphone. It's just really responsive for that type of th- mm-hmm. shit. Like I was reading online, people were trying other contact mics with it. And they were saying the results were kind of shitty. Um, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I guess Vlad spent a lot of time picking and choosing the components to put in this default mic. Also, this was news to me that you played the saxophone. You did not? When was this? What year? Like, how old were you? Ooh, fourth and fifth grade, I think. Were you in a band? Yeah. Very nice. Did yeah. you enjoy it? No. Oh. I wanted to play a guitar. Yeah. Understand. But I got a saxophone. Were you good at it? Pick Fuck pick no. Pick it okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. I liked I liked the music, and I wanted to learn an instrument, but mm-hmm. you know, guitar wasn't possible. And I'm kind of glad because I would have sucked at it anyways. Like later down the line, when I tried to play a little bit of guitar, I realized I just don't have the dexterity in these fucking sausage fingers to do that shit. I understand so, the pain. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to play uh, recorder too, Ooh. and read sheet music and sing in the choir and all that shit. Don't remember any of it. <laughs> Not a fucking Nothing. I used to be able to read sheet music, played violin for years. Yeah. Nothing. It's gone. gone. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so hard for me not to imagine you like on this like rainy midnight street, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. like <laughs> on the corner, like, Just, like singing the blues. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I ended up getting the, the digitone. I'm pretty interested in those. I don't think I'm going to get one anytime soon, but I, that thing's really cool. I think. It, was, it was an impulse buy. Yeah. You know, I, I've been keeping an eye on them. 
I love FM drums and there's just like I don't have anything right now aside from like my Platts modules mm. to, to fill that you know and so I've been keeping an eye on them and I got one pretty and a good deal on reverb um, it was the lowest price that I had seen in like three months for it so I was like nice. yeah fuck it I grabbed it so far I'm, I'm digging it as a drum machine but I really need to like put it through its paces especially now with the new firmware that just came out like per track scaling and all that it's kind of exactly what I wanted yeah yeah you know what I mean like I don't know I need more time with it <laughs> just not enough time that's kind of why so I sold a bunch of euro stuff and uh, some of the stuff I liked but I kind of focused on anything that had much depth or menu diving because I didn't have much time I would turn on my 7u which I built up and there were like seven OLEDs in the thing that would turn on and there were some times where I was just like this is just overwhelming right now yeah. like, I'm gonna play some drums and play a synthesizer yeah. and uh, as I kind of slimmed it down it was like no you could just focus on what you really need to use I don't want to start with having to configure something and that's what I felt it was it was like oh I've got to get these like four things into the specific state like I love yeah. the E352 and I think I'm gonna flip that too just because it's like I know you can have presets, but I just wish it was a little easier to work with sometimes. I know you flipped yours kind of shortly after Platts. Yeah, it's like, for the same uh, reason. Uh, it's just yeah. way easier to get there faster. Right. Um, I, I like the fact that there, there was no menu diving or interfacing, you know, to mess with on Platts. It's just you push a button to get into the mode you want. You know, it just takes a little bit of muscle memory, but, you know, no menu diving. And I like that a lot to get to pretty close to the same territory you know I, I think the audio quality on the 352 is miles above the plats yeah I agree but, with that. yeah but it serves its purpose for me he's I, got something new he's gonna show off at oh yeah Knobcon. yeah i saw him teasing it huh looked like he was showing off a new at mega processor on the back of a board of something okay Ooh. so that'd be that'll be interesting yeah. the er301 had a really cool update recently um he actually kind of went away for a few months and wasn't updating anything. And he was like, just, yeah, just hold on, whatever. Um, and he's got like a log of like what he's going to work on. There's always been this switch on the front of the ER301 called hold that has done nothing for years. And people have been knowing that hold mode would eventually come. So he eventually released hold mode just a couple weeks ago, um, maybe a month ago or something. Anyway, um, turns out it's really awesome. It's kind of like a pinning controls and then having a control that can kind of sweep and morph through things. So now you can take all these parameters within your 301, go into hold mode and pin them and then create like other change sets and then kind of like morph through those or like flip between them, kind of like, like the, parameter lock. I was gonna say like almost like the opposite of a parameter lock. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, so that's been, I haven't even played with it yet because um, that's one I have, I will likely never get rid of that module, but it's one I haven't played with much because it's like every time you use it, there are different changes and the core of it's kind of the same now, but mm -hmm. it's always, every time I turn it on, I feel like, well, there, are, I need to go to a website and try these five new things or something, <laughs> or just use it really simply and load a sample. But the hold mode seems cool. Like I'm down with some parameter locking and able to fuck shit up on there. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. That sounds awesome. But on the other hand, I saw the, uh, what's the Alm Squid Sample? Yeah, yeah, just came yeah. out, and it looks pretty intriguing because it's kind of the opposite of the 301. Yeah. So it's like all on the panel, basically. It's got a little screen, but yeah. kind of a different thing. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't too blown away with the demos I've seen so nope. far. Yeah, yeah, I saw one today before I came over because I wanted to check it out. I was like, yeah, no, that kind of took away because at first I was like, mm, kind of cool. Yeah, it, nah. maybe if it had like 
more onboard effects or something like that. Like it has a dedicated button just to downgrade the sample rate. And I'm like, that's yeah. I'm like, is that really necessary? You could, yeah, you could have that be Mm -hmm. something else more important or interesting or just disregard it altogether. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I think everyone at this point has some sort of module in their rig that can already uh, bit crush. You know what I mean? And for eight samples, it has like three volt per octave inputs and then yeah. three CV inputs for everything. Right. It's like, whew, that's, you're going to have a few that are just static, just playing back a sound, which sure. could be cool mm-hmm. depending on what you want to do. But I was like, yeah, the thing's got to have like eight or 16 inputs or something. Maybe exactly. Like really drive it <laughs> right. to where I'd want to have it or where we would want to take it. it. It's like, it's some weird in between where it's yeah. like, it's not compact enough to be like, you know, this is just my basic sample player, mm-hmm. and it's not like versatile enough to yeah. be like this is my you know sampling supercomputer. Like right, it's yeah. some weird mix in between where like you're saying like you don't have control over everything, you don't have that many options, um, and that screen is just so tiny. Very. Like yeah. you can see the waveform on it, I believe, mm-hmm. in some of those demos. But I'm like, and, and the way the layout is too. Like if you notice, the cables kind of have to like overlap the buttons. And you also have to like oh, select which that. track with a button too, so you have to like cycle through them. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. I was like, mm. this is. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. Yeah, mm. it, I don't know because I've usually kind of enjoyed his interfaces. Yeah, you know, on his other modules, but I, I feel like he kind of missed the mark on this one personally. Mm. Maybe he'll offer like an expansion at some point, which would be cool. open it up a little bit. That would be nicer, but. This is a preview of our next episode where you're talking about how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of updates, I have another another thing to talk about related to updates. The graphic VCO update that I alluded to earlier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. added drum mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's real fucking nice. So the, um, uh, the new mode you get into and the FX amount input has now been changed to a uh, trigger or a gate. Hmm. Uh, ultimately a single drum voice um if you had a bunch of other modules you could replicate this mode um but it's nice to have everything at once and not have to have a bunch of envelopes coming in and doing this and so you have um attack decay but you also have they call fm but it's, it's, it seems like it's just more pitch um hmm. but it's not one volt per octave um but basically you can you can also then um use this envelope to change pitch over time, and I think it's an exponential curve. Um, but you have all of the waveforms available to you, and you still have the morph um, control. So you can you can still send CV to that. You can get like solid what you would expect out of a kick drum sounds, and does that fine. But also just weird space punching sound. So yeah, I was I was real, I was real impressed with it. And there were other bug, bug fixes and stuff in it. Um, I think there was something else that was added but it was not as exciting as this uh this new mode but they fixed like the fine tune or something oh right? that was it that, thank you that is exactly it so it was just one knob for pitch and it was relatively coarse but as you were going through if you went over a note it would sort of pop up and say you know you're now an f go down uh, and, uh so and you know as you were correlating between them so this now you can go okay i kind of got near this note that i want um you hit it. You you hit the the left encoder or the right encoder, pops up, and now you can shift how close you want to get uh, to that note that you had that you had, and you hit OK, and now that's the value of it. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's a it's a way to tune things quickly on the on not on the fly. I mean, you still have to dial it in. I only have one oscillator right now. What's up? Just the organ. 
That's it. Really? Yeah. Well, I still have the 352. Wait, did you, did you get rid of the monsoon too? No, kept the monsoon. Okay. Yep. Because I've. That's an effects processor, Dan. They call it a texture synthesizer, but no. No one uses it as it's intended. <laughs> no one. You got a monsoons. Digging it? I did. Oh, I fucking love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, awesome. Because I'd, I'd played with uh, clouds before. So this is very exciting to, to have that. And then also the parasites firmware and fucking around all of that different shit. I was getting, I'm getting good sounds in like weird fucked up noise sounds, but also just like using it a little bit just beefs up something that's otherwise. Yeah. It's also a good way to take a basic mono signal and add some stereo depth to it. Yeah. yeah some weird panning effects, you know. Speaking of which, though, I think I need some kind of uh, like stereo mixer. Yeah, uh, for my module, and so I was That's looking. That's what started at, me down that path, too. I know I could have a long time ago with the ZDSP, mm-hmm. but that was like, oh no, I'm getting good stuff out of just the mono. This, I'm like, oh shit, I think I'm missing. Right. Like when I put it into the um, directly into this the uh, the left and right out, I'm like, this sounds fucking great. And then going it back down to mono, I'm like, it still sounds good, but right. Um, yep, I came I, to the same conclusion. Now most of my rig is stereo. I have a multitude of stereo mixers in there and stereo mm-hmm. effects. And I highly recommend the Erica uh, drum stereo mixer. Oh, okay. Because I was it's looking at compact, that. Very yeah. very nice. Hmm. And the uh, the new Make Noise one. Hmm. X- I forget what it's called. X-Pan? X-Pan. Yes, that's, that's it. Yeah. I saw that. That one seemed more like uh, more than just a mixer. You know oh, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah, a lot of control more. over panning and things like that. Yeah. Crossfading, yeah. I think. But yeah, if you're just looking for something basic and cheap and clean i highly recommend the erica one like it, it, i'm enjoying it more than the mix-ups from intelligil mm-hmm. i have three of those in there currently and they're noisy as shit and you only have control over one stereo signal the other one comes in unattenuated just full blast oh that's and a weird choice yeah it's weird there's two mono inputs which you have uh you know volume attenuation control over with the two knob first two knobs and then knob three controls your first stereo input and then your second stereo input just is you know it is what it is like you have to attenuate it before it goes in which is stupid because if you're attenuating everything else you know what i mean and to a nice quiet level and then you have this full blast signal coming in it's just going to drown out everything else unless you pre-attenuate it so you need like a stereo mixer to go into your stereo mixer that Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't like it <laughs> at all. It annoys me and I've been considering just selling my mix-ups and getting another Erica because mm-hmm. uh, and also just the noise. Like I noticed they're not the cleanest mixers. There's some weird noise that comes through through them that I don't get on the Ericas. So okay. just my two cents. Speaking of stereo signal paths, mm-hmm. WMD just released the module that I've been looking for for years now, a dual stereo crossfader. So that for example, you can take your ZDSP and your Monsoon and have the same signal processed in different ways by both and then CV the crossfade between them, things like that. How has that taken until now? I don't know. <laughs> I know that like since episode one, I've been talking about like that's the type of module I've been looking for, you know, and I've been looking for one longer than we've been doing this. And finally, yeah, someone has made one. I don't know why it took so long. When you started talking about that, I thought you were going to talk about the Autodyne. That's mono. It is mono, but at, when you first thought about like a module you were excited for, I didn't know if I, I was going to be until I saw that it was mono. <laughs> oh, that pissed me off. I was yeah, like, "What the yeah. hell?" Because like they, I have their what is it, the MSCL or whatever. Yeah, yeah, muscle, the, yeah. yeah. 
which is cool, but yeah. I was excited about this one too because it seemed like it's kind of like a hands-off approach. It just slams the shit out of it, yeah. and I was like, cool. You know, I could use one or two of those, and I looked at it, and it's mono only. I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you already offer, like, compact, you know, stereo compressors. I, I feel like they should continue down that path, but Axis. WMD Axis, spelled A-X-Y-S, dual stereo crossfader. You're controlling four different stereo signals in a 6HP module. That's nuts. And it has LEDs to, to show, you know, signal for all of them. It's pretty slick. Yeah, that's nice. Like, it's it kind of exceeds my expectations from what I wanted from a stereo crossfader. You know what yeah. I mean? It's compact. It's cheap. So that's meters for each, the left and right for both channels, and mm. then... What's the what are the two LEDs between them? Is that just the crossfade? That's yeah. That's to signify the left gotcha. or right pan. Gotcha. pan. Oh, that's yeah. very nice. And uh, yeah, coming soon. That's smart. I'm excited about it. It's weird to be excited about something so basic. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just there's been so many patches lately where I'm like I could really benefit from something like this. Yeah, and it just didn't exist really. I mean, you could achieve it, you know, yeah. using. Plethora of other modules, mm. most of which I don't currently own. You know what I mean? But yeah. Something like, do I really want to take up so much space to to achieve something like that? You know what I mean? Not really. But here yeah. we are in a six HP package. Yeah. Thumbs up to WMD. Also speaking of stereo, a new. Well, I don't want to say a new ZDSP, but mm. a, a mm. Gur on Muffwiggler recently hinted to a new module. It's a compact uh, reverb module. Oh. That. Um, Do you think it's just like the spin with Valhalla hard coded on it? Pretty much. I, I think that's what it's going to be. He, um, he didn't really give a whole lot of info about it, but he said it's going to be released in late summer. It's going to be a, a companion mod- module set up similar to his current Echoes module, mm, yeah, which was right. like the the compact like delay. Yeah. Um, it's the only thing is that kind of didn't blow me away about his description is that it's mono in only stereo out. And I'm like, why would you, why would you do I that? that <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the appealing parts of the ZDSP is that it was stereo in yeah. from the start. You know what I mean? But well, okay, I. All right, the way that I used to do things, I routinely just map the left and the right with a, with a stack cable. Sure, I've so done the same. I think you a do lot what of, you got to do. You know? Right. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, that's how I would patch this up. Maybe they're thinking this is how people use it typically. You know, you're just going to take this in. You're just going to mult it over to the right. Yeah. Let's just not bother. I'm playing devil's advocate of them going, this is how most people use the EDSP. Let's just not bother putting in a second jack. He says these cards will have SD cards on the back to update the code. It's going to have a 70s algorithm and I guess an 80s algorithm and a 90s algorithm. Oh, that's absolutely Valhalla then. Yeah. Because he's got that kind of, he said he'll just work with Tip Top. Yeah, I forget there was another thread where the, like, people were trying to get him to... ER301. That was it, yeah. And like even when he came he came on and was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Gert treated me well, I'm going to only work with them. Still got there, there was like still pushback. Like, Yeah, I, I would love a Valhalla, you know... <laughs> reverb in there because the reverb yeah. that's in there he used free verb and it's oh. it kind of sucks you know mm-hmm. it does kind of the trick but it's terrible right. <laughs> but, you know? but it's just open source i would have done the same thing if i was yeah. like yeah i'm not coding that here you go yeah use reverb module <laughs> yeah yeah the, the halls is still my favorite reverb for sure yeah 
I've getting I've been getting more mileage out of the monsoon, you know, um, herb, not herb verb. Yeah. Sorry, olive herb. Olive herb. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Surprisingly, like I, I kind of disregarded it for the longest time because I Same. always had halls and I had herb verb and everything mm-hmm. else, so it kind of fell to the wayside. But I've been, I've been now that I have three versions of clouds in there, I'm, I've been <laughs> messing with the reverb more. I recently sold my second ZDSP too, because like, I, mm. originally my plan was to do like dual halls setup, but, and I and it, I did for a little while. Are you just gonna like like strum a guitar once and then like two <laughs> hours later come back? I, I, I liked having the ability to process two different things with oh, two gotcha. different yeah. you know algorithms yeah, yeah. going, not necessarily running through each other that's for like I, extra hallness. No, sorry, that's no. what I, that's what I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, uh, was thinking. No, because like sometimes I'd like to have like. A short, yeah, dark verb. You know what I mean? Platy type thing mm-hmm. going, and then something that's like a bit brighter and longer for other elements in the patch. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. But uh, yeah, I, I sold my second ZDSP, and now I'm just kind of making do with the monsoons verb along with my one remaining ZDSP running halls mm-hmm. and Mariana Trench. That's a that's a pretty good card. That I haven't gotten that more one. Really? I've been pissing a lot of money on video shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I just didn't know necessarily when I would use that over halls. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it, it's definitely not a Hall's replacement, but it can do some unique stuff. It mm. has a life of its own, kind of like how Hall's does. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. It just has a very organic feel to it. You can get some interesting, weird, feedbacky, you know, strange tones out of it. In fact, I was running Trench into Hall's at one point, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But it, it, so you're running your rever- reverb into reverb? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't. It's weird to consider the trench card like a reverb because I yeah. wasn't using it as such. It was more like a. I guess a mangler wouldn't be the proper word either, but it, it just helps to transform sound you, you, into like strange harmonic content, and, and it utilizes CV really nicely. Like the oh. sh- the shit that you can hit on there, and you mm-hmm. can just start morphing things into strange stranger things. I don't know. I yeah. like it. That's cool because actually that th- that would be one thing that I've always said about like ZDSPs. Like I don't end up using a lot of CV. Right. Neither have I up until this card. I, I think it kind of begs for it. Yeah, I got that uh, H9 Eventide H9 pedal module that like one to ten thing. That was the that's the most cramped module I've ever seen. I almost like laughed when I took it out and like <laughs> tried to turn one of the knobs. It was like holy shit, this looked so much better on paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I had that in the rack for like five minutes, and that shit was on reverb. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I was, was like, kind of drunk maybe when I bought it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, got it. I was like, fuck, this is super tiny, and it also had like the green at the bottom. It was like super bright blue, and I was just like, oh, your favorite. Yeah, <laughs> just like, fuck, man, I'm, blue LEDs. I'm not putting tape on this thing already. <laughs> and also, the idea of having that much CV control was like, I just don't. I don't think this is necessary for a lot of effects, you know. And plus, I can use the expression pedal input if I really need like a CV controller yeah. or something. So, yeah, I don't know if I have any interest in his smaller reverb. You know, even if it is running like Hall's like algorithms, I, I don't know because I can't imagine it would be cheap. The only thing I would be interested in is having like if it is just Hall's taking that out, making it a dedicated Hall's machine, which my ZDSP unfortunately is yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I can see myself getting that. Yeah, I, it all depends on the price for me, I think. I haven't enjoyed a, a tip-top module in a long time, honestly. I feel like mm-hmm. most of the stuff that he's put out, I, I give a shot, and then I'm just kind of like, yeah. Like, the last thing that I was 
kind of dug was the, the the wave folder the, the tip top fold because mm-hmm. yeah. um, it, it had some interesting tricks you know what i mean it had like the the sub octave outs and stuff yeah. you know that, that was a cool trick and it was a really nice module for like feedback patching and stuff but at the end of the day it's not small you right. know and yeah. it's kind of a one trick pony and the fucking new interfaces on everything yeah. is just so ugly like i it is. It's just like it, it's like I don't want to <laughs> even look at it, let yeah. alone use it. I'm just yeah. like, oh. and all of them are bigger than they should be. Even that like that yeah. oscillator is yeah. just like there's now two HP oscillator. Right. Got the, the the three thousand is just like this monster. Like everything just seems like it's just like very rudely sitting on a subway, and like putting its elbows out, <laughs> and like it's oh, man spreading. <laughs> I mean, that's everyone's complaint about the the ZDSP too. Is its yeah. size. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, it's like it's never really bothered me because I. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the panel is well utilized for what it can yeah. do. Yeah, you, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like maybe you could shave some you know, HP off of it, if, but I don't know. For the most part, I think it's a nice size. But I mean, hell, I had room for two of them. So. What's up with that? Do you have to ship it? Yeah. So this is a. Uh, I don't. Did I talk about my problems with this in the past? With I think briefly. I yeah. mean, I, I think there's at least a five minute section in every episode where we complain about yeah. Electron <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> so so one of them was probably me explaining the uh, the problems I was having with it just not turning on, um, and there was some back and forth with the support, and you know they're, they're like it's it's a capacitor, and if you if you do certain things, it takes a long time to. Uh, empty um so you gotta sit there and wait and they were talking on the order of like minutes but it was taking like hours for mine to turn back on um and then just out of the blue it started working fine i even was like okay i guess that was it it's working fine again thanks um three months went by and i use it you know most days like it's a rare day that i don't turn it on and do something with it um and it worked when uh we went down to the beach Mm -hmm. had no problems down there but a week after that, I come back and I'm gonna turn it on, and it doesn't come back on. So I'm like, okay, shit. And so I turn it, turn it off, do the normal thing. Hours later, it's still not fucking turning on. And now I'm like, oh shit, I haven't dumped, I haven't sysx dumped this in like a month. I don't want to lose that fucking work. At least turn back on so I can uh, back this up. You said it. I did. I said. You said. You said the name. The titular name. The titular name. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so, um, so finally, it wasn't until the next fucking day this thing turns on. This is not okay. So I um, basically hit them back up. This happened again. Didn't turn back on until the next day. I'm like not like I basically don't trust this anymore. I can't use this. I can't show up and go. Oh hey drum machine didn't turn on yeah uh, i'm just gonna take these drink tickets and go like <laughs> like i need this shit to turn on and tell your friends <laughs> come back next time it's maybe my shit will work uh and uh to their credit they came back and he's like yeah this just sounds like this yeah just send it back there's something weird going on with their website basically he's like so we have your for your email address the registration of the serial number for the digitac but there's no address so I log into the website. All I see is an address, no registration for the Digitac. I'm like, 
These are these are the quirky. This is the quirky shit that keeps us talking about Electron, dude. Like, but I'm and like he, I'm like you know you've like you got peanut butter in my chocolate. No, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. <laughs> like, so I'm still I'm still straightening this out, um, even though it's the exact same email address. Um, but I mean, at, at the very least, they are they are like, yeah, this is not this isn't right. We're gonna fix it.